0: Hello and welcome to the Career Explorations in Genomic Medicine Research podcast. This program is sponsored by the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's Program for Precision Medicine and Healthcare. This Career Explorations program is aimed at undergraduate students. Our goals are to help you expand your knowledge of potential careers related to genomic medicine research. And, we hope to increase your understanding of what you will need to do to become a member of the genomic medicine research workforce. We also want to help you build a supportive network of professionals. Each episode of this podcast series presents a conversation with a researcher or clinician who works in a particular aspect of genomic medicine research
1: today's guest for the career explorations conversation is Swantana Rekulapalli, who is a bioinformaticist in the Department of Genetics at UNC.
2: Okay, so hi everyone. I'm Swantana Rekulapalli. I'm a bioinformatician in UNC Chapel Hill. I mean, this is a very new position for me. I just started in February, I guess. So, yeah, it's been quite a... Complicated situation where I joined. <laughs> but yeah, I'm working through it. So a little bit background of me. So I did my undergrad in uh, biotechnology engineering in India. So later, and uh, when I came to US, I was married. So uh, so I uh, didn't. Um, I did explore my options in biotechnology, but somehow I felt that I did my internship in. Uh, a GBK biences sciences back in India with, in a bioinformatics group. So I felt you know this would be something interesting more than you know that was uh, I felt that's more exciting for me personally than doing the lab work kind of stuff. So uh, I guess I got pulled through bio uh, when I. Uh, when we moved here, we were in Charlotte, so, and Charlotte, uh, UNC Charlotte has a very new bioinformatics program back in two thos- 2012. I, I think the building was built at in- only a couple of years back. So it was very new at that time. So um, so I started as actually a part-time student in uh, UNC Charlotte, uh, in the department. And then I did my master's there. I did an uh, internship um, in one of the labs, um, uh, in ADL labs in uh, Charlotte. So then I went to Marshall University. That, that was my first, uh, job as a bioinformatician, worked in a uh, group. I worked in a very small group. It's a group of um, sequencing group where it does sequencing and also bioinformatics part. And then I moved to Raleigh and I worked in North Carolina Central University at BBRI and from there I moved here to UNC Chapel Hill. So I know I mean i'm I, I might you might be thinking like I missed oh my gosh, from where to where and all, and yeah, I mean you can ask me any type of questions. Um, this is a little bit background of what I did um, uh, regarding my education and my jobs and all. so so I'm happy to answer if you have any specific co- point of questions or what does exactly bioinformatics mean kind of programming, all kind of using different tools.
3: Hi, I'm Bria. I just had a few questions for you. Sure. I wanted to know, so do you not do any wet lab things? Are you just solely computational or do you help prepare make the, like, wet lab people? Do you do any of that at all or no?
2: No, the bioinformaticians, we don't do any kind of wet lab work. Uh, we are totally um, dependent on the, computers and uh, data storage mainly mostly towards the data scientist kind of stuff instead of the we don't do any wet lab
3: okay and i'm not sure if you can talk about it but could you go into more detail about the your research area and like what you're interested in and like how bio, bioinformatics is incorporated in your research interests
2: so for me, uh, I work in a genomics core. F- like it's a core facility. I work with a PI, so I get projects what he's interested. Actually, so wherever I moved in, in this past four to five years, I always ha- had um, a cancer project with me. Uh, with me, so I guess that's oh, one of uh, one of the interesting topics which pulled me through uh, towards it. Uh, so um for me uh the the wet lab stuff i i was a biotechnologist so having that background is uh i think it would uh it it's an advantage for me because i can understand most of the biology part too, um instead of um dealing with only the computational stuff so uh that uh well, so when we when uh, from biology, part and also do uh, analyzing using all the computational tools out there. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we make a very good impact in the research, uh, research field, because I interact with the biologists and also the upper level uh, molecular biologists um, and also the sample preparation, the the wet lab people. So you know, uh, dealing with all kinds of core is really important in my research. So, yeah, I mean, the, uh, I don't know whether I answered exactly your question, but somehow uh, I feel the interaction with all the, you uh, know, all the groups and, you know, explaining them whatever we do is that point of interest is interesting to me.
3: Thank you. Mm-hmm. What was your role at
2: North Carolina Central University? Because that's something that I could be interested in looking for a mentor like these next two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, um, I I was actually hired in her group as a band in BBRI. Uh, I'm not sure whether they have a couple of other groups who does that in in the in the building in BBRI, but. I was handling, uh, they have a very small projects where they had some data, but we, uh, I need to do the analysis part, but somehow it didn't work out there. But yeah, I mean, if you want to look specifically, uh, I think North Carolina Central University has BRI and also BRIGHT, which is very you uh, comp- uh, know computational side they have more computational biologists and also even they have more resources than bbri i feel so if you start looking for any internships yeah, i think bright and bbri would be the starting points for you
3: um i have a question so um what made you decide between um biotech uh, bi- being a biotechnician biotech versus being a uh, bioinformatics because that's like kind of where I am
2: right now as well okay so I, I mean this is all my gut feeling that I don't have much um, I think do, dealing with the wet lab stuff is not my thing I felt and when I wa- when I did my internship after my undergrad uh, in a computational team you uh, know mine is a biotechnology engineering so we were also thought about um Computers and also uh, introduced were also introduced with um, the programming languages, basic programming languages. So I felt that interesting, like how can we use a programming language to analyze uh, on you know, the data which we get, right? I mean, that doesn't make sense when you do the DNA sequencing or something kind of stuff. It doesn't make sense when uh, much looking into the wet lab. That's what I felt like when we look through the, um, you know, the data through using computational tools or those kind of stuff. So uh, that actually pulled me through, okay, this is something I can you know, make sense of instead of just doing the wet lab and, you know, mixing the reagents kind of stuff. I know, I mean, it's, I mean that's where I've pulled through uh, towards the computational and I decided and I felt that it would be more interesting for me than, you know, doing a wet lab.
3: And then um, what's like the major two code, um, coding languages do you do on a daily basis? Well,
2: well, it depends. Uh, um, you know, the, uh, the toughest part of being bioinformatician is like, you know, we are supposed to know everything. Like we need to know programming languages and we need to know not only one programming language, we need to know I mean, different types of programming languages, but the basic, when you know very basic, like C we were, uh, C language, then we can pull, you know, we can explore our options in different programming languages. When you know band nowadays they are mostly towards Python programming because most of the tools were written in Python and Perl languages. So we, if you know that, it would be helpful because when you are dealing with some tools, we can, I mean, those are mostly open source tools. All the, most of the bioinformatics tools are open source, which is very good for us uh, because we can look into the code and and, uh, understand how the algorithm is working. So, yeah. Okay, thank you so much. And also, a little bit of stats would be really helpful for me. I mean, we were not taught much stats, and we—I didn't put much thought into it. But later on, by when I when I joined uh, different teams, I realized stats is also more, i know, more important to look at the results. Just as we are coding languages, I'm
3: learning Python. Are there any resources that you use that help you? to analyze the data like examples that you might um, work from and implement into your everyday workplace?
2: Um, so we actually, um, so personally when we r- start doing all the coding lang, uh, start uh, doing coding there, I'm sure you ca- came across this Rosalind um, website where they have many uh, bioinformatics related uh, coding exercises. I think that would be a very good start. Uh, even now, when you know, when we don't have much work, I hardly think so. But when whenever I feel like I need to get onto some coding for myself, um, I would uh, I would go to that website and pick up some exercises and do along with it. So um, when you if if you go through that website, uh, you can know more. Like. They, they give some exercises related to DNA sequences and also different types of file formats where, uh, where we use in bioinformatics. So it would be a good starting point that you will get familiar with different types of, um, you know, file formats and different types of um, um, methods and algorithms we use in bioinformatics. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And also there's this biostars.com, which is, uh, which is like stack overflow. Um, and if you have any type of bioinformatics questions or, or anything, Biostars is really good uh, website to look into too. And also I think UNC, uh, U, uh, UNC Chapel Hill has some Python programming um, workshops. Those are also very interesting.
3: Um, I just had another question. Um, so, for people who want to get into bioinformatics, who maybe like want to start inside projects, what advice do you give them? Um, because I know with like healthcare data, is very private and sensitive, and like we're not going to have access to that without certain clearance. Mm-hmm. So, like, for people who want to work directly with like uh, like healthcare data and stuff around that lines, like what resources would you recommend? for them to start playing around with or is there like a website that maybe have similar I know it's tricky but
2: yeah. yeah I mean I don't think they have any specific you know open source website where we can deal with healthcare data and that completely depends upon the PI uh, who you are working under um, I'm pretty sure um, you know when you work under a team um, they would give, at some point, they would give a, uh, some sort of access for you to look into the data and all. But um, I, I don't think there is any open source um, websites where you can look into the healthcare data.
3: Okay, thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Anjali. I just had a question about, um, can you talk more about your research in terms of how you use bioinformatics to look at those cancer data and what you're trying to get out of it, basically?
2: Okay, uh, I can do that. I mean, like, not completely giving the details of the project, though. <laughs> but but uh, there's this uh, project where I worked with um, uh, different um, university where they had this um, cancer samples from all over the, all cancers. Like, they have this. Um, breast cancer, prostate cancer, and a couple of different types of cancers throughout the state. They got the samples and uh, they, they sequenced the data and they wanted to find out where there are any genes uh, which are common um, in between all these cancers. So that's where one of the projects I was involved in. So when the sequence their data and we use some couple of bioinformatics tools to run the data and get the output. And uh, e- so it's not that, you know, it's not that easy just to run the tool, we need to understand the algorithm <laughs> and all what, what, how the tool is analyzing uh, the data and even the results, um, we need to debug uh, and check whether the results we are getting are appropriate results and whether, I mean, whatever we do, we need to present it to the researchers. And uh, yeah, and just like that, we cannot present to the researchers that, you know, this is um, uh, when we get some genes and all, that's not our our work, like whether this gene is important for the cancer and not, that's not our work to point out. That's, there are other people like molecular biologists and research people, other people who will take care of it. But our main uh, goal is to give them a um, list of genes where we feel are very um, quality, effective genes and I um, know um, and, uh, uh, whatever we get, the data is uh, reliable.
3: So would you say it's very interdisciplinary and collaborative, like all the efforts from wet lab and bioinformatics?
0: Yes, yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I can ask a question to (laughs) keep the conversation moving. (laughs) Um, So uh, there's a lot of concern about um, the lack of diversity in samples and its ability in the ability of bioinformatic tools to be able to predict like a variant that's pathogenic mm-hmm. in certain cultures or certain races compared to others. What um, concerns do you have about this and how could um, bioinformatics tools improve to be able to their, improve their predictive power in different cultures or different racial ethnicities?
2: Um, that's one thing I always find difficult to you know uh, to uh, to dif- to decide the samples based upon the racial ethnics, like but uh, the only thing I guess is. Getting more samples. We are not if, if we get when we get the when we do the sample preparation or something. We are not reliable on just giving five samples is not not acceptable to run the analysis further down. If we have only five five samples, we don't do further analysis for the for the for those five samples. We need to uh, make sure uh, at least we have. 12 to 15 samples to go further, like to analyze the data kind of stuff. So that's, that's if, if any, I mean, this has not happened in UNC Chapel Hill because the projects are bigger projects and we get enough samples here uh, because of the affiliation. I wanted me to give you more reliable results. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I can't do that. I mean, like I would definitely say get more samples and I would be happy to help you, but um, so when when we do this ethnicity kind of stuff, they def- we make sure to have more samples so that we can, I don't know, uh, those, uh, so the results would be appropriate, I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm.
3: And like to that point, I was just been thinking a lot more about statistics
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and just like bias and stuff and just like how do you know when to use the correct like statistical term or statistical method when you're analyzing the data where like you're not putting other communities in jeopardy or like you're, it's very like holistic where you're like taking into account everybody just like how do you mitigate biases in your work if you do it all?
2: So the statistics part comes after we analyze the data, just to show the researchers if they are interested in any, um, um, if they are interested to uh, to to check whether there is any diversity between the you know any com- common between the different racial ethnicity or any differences between the ethnicities. That's that's where. Uh, I mean, we depend upon the statistic. There are many packages in um, statistics uh, R R programming where we can use um, to give the flow uh, uh, graphs so that, you know, the downstream analysis researchers can come into any conclusion. I mean, the only uh, part we do is we give them graphs so that, you know, good, Um, good reliable graphs so that they can come into some conclusions.
1: When you talked about using tools that are Mm -hmm. open source and in Python, have you ever been involved in developing a new tool? And Uh, can you tell us what that was like? And if you haven't, can you tell us um, generally how the process works?
2: Okay, so I have not been involved in developing the tool, but when I did my internship with ADL Labs, they were developing the the assembly tool tool, so they wanted me to debug it, like check it with couple of other other assembly tools out there. I I know uh, get I mean get the run rate and all. If the results are apro- uh, similar to other tools, or is or is it? giving more results than the others, those kind of stuff. So that's where I was actually introduced to Python because back when I was studying my master's in UNC Charlotte, we were not introduced to Python programming. We were taught Java programming. So yeah. 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 Even, even they haven't introduced R for us. I was surprised. They, I think they, uh, they realized R is also a much bigger part for bioinformatics so they uh, they included the course material after I graduated so but uh, having that programming lang- uh, knowledge I think that really helps to think and uh, uh, get a at least an idea of how we need the data uh, how the how we need the program should go on so the. Uh, Python programming that's where I started Python programming and uh, yeah I, th- I think I did a fair job in debugging it and also comparing with other tools so um that's where the real world um uh, picture came into frame for me so I never was introduced to the sequencing data and these kind I mean, I know there are a couple of sequences and they give the uh, sequencing data, but I was not sure how the sequencing data look and uh, how the raw reads are and uh, how can we actually um, transform them into readable format, those kind of stuff I was not aware of when, when I did my master's. So, but the internship really helped me and boosted me to, learn more and do more research. And also, I think that's the that's another reason we, uh, I found it interesting when I do my job in the academic part. You know, the, the bioinformaticians have this uh, uh, wide opportunities, I guess. They, we can work in academics, we can work in industrial part. I know mo- most of my... F- uh, graduate friends who are completely towards IT, not de- doing any kind of uh, bioinformatics part. And we we are introduced to all these kind of different, different diverse um, knowledge, so that we can choose whatever we want. So, um, I guess that's where my programming languages got instinct, and I also felt that okay, I mean. This staying in academics really helped me to even do, even now, I mean, uh, within these three, four months after I came to UNC Chapel Hill, I felt that I'm um, learning more and doing more research when comparatively <laughs> in, previous, in previous jobs. So, yeah. I mean, that's only the project I was involved in. Uh, no, I'm not developing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing, uh, you know. But even for in in doing the intermediate analysis, I do write code. I think every week. Mm-hmm. Mm, you, even today morning I was doing some Python programming to do to get something work. So even um, no, and also every person, every bioinformatician has a different way of dealing things. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So I might be. You know, Python is my kind of language, so I can understand Python, and uh, so I can e- even 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 the small um, file format changes, those kind of stuff. in Python, and all my colleagues are comfortable using R. So that might be there might be a different ways of us doing different things, but only the getting the end results is important. Mm-hmm.
3: I I had another question regarding um being a bioinformatician. So in your work, do you feel like do they give you a lot of training on data bias and those sorts of training in terms of like because I know like every person comes from a different background bringing different information that they think they're an expert of. So do you get those kind of training like every I don't I don't know how often and if you do?
2: Um we don't get any specific training, but we uh, everyone uh, has this personal, you know, when you're not familiar with something, we do more research and we do take more courses, I guess. Uh, so uh, after these two jobs, I guess, even now I'm not that familiar with statistics much, but I keep I get confusing with the statistical words and all and probability, those kind of stuff. So even now, I attend some Coursera courses or data bootcamp courses those kind of mm-hmm. things. No, uh, we we, we um, there is no I mean in short uh, I would say there are no trainings <laughs> they give it's just we uh, we need to do some research and get more knowledge by ourselves but staying in academics really helps because um you know every university has this unique way of uh, um, uh, providing uh, um, different lang- uh different courses so if you are even employees we are you know i feel fortunate that i can take a couple of courses and uh, get more knowledge of that course if, if i'm mm-hmm. not swanthana mm-hmm.
0: uh, my question is as a woman in a male-dominated field (laughs) have you ever come across any um, bias or any circumstances during your training that you had to address and if so how did you deal with it?
2: Uh, I don't I mean fortunately I've always worked with very small groups Mm -hmm. so um, when um, Even for the, even in the internship, I was the only intern my, um, uh, under my PI, so he was completely level on me, and then my next job was also like that. It's a very small group, and um, we were only two um, females, and one of, um, one of us, she is a sequencing analyst, so she's a sequencing um, person. So I'm the bioinformatics person. So I guess my PI have don't, and, and, I mean, doesn't have any other option. But I mean, I don't want to say this, but I did face something in North Carolina Central University. Uh, so. Uh, but my, I mean, my PA is very good. She, she, uh, she a lady too, so she, uh, she always supported me. But you know, when when you interact with a couple of other researchers, they don't take that. You know, they feel like they know more, and also, I guess explaining bioinformatics part is really tricky to other um, others. I mean, like um, everyone thinks their work is more. Uh, you know their work is better than others kind of stuff i mean i, I get it, but you know um, when you don't know what we are doing there's no point of judging us right so uh, uh, that's that's where i felt uh, i mean you uh, and also in, in UNC Chapel Hill this is very good group i the this very good group I, I feel fortunate that i'm work i I'm, uh, i don't have that kind of bias till now but well, there are other things being Indian kind of stuff, that's it, but yeah, but this is, and there's no bias in this know, uh, men and female kind of stuff so far. <laughs> and, and also I would say that being an Indian and also having so many visa issues around me, um, I still find, uh, you know, I'm getting opportunities. I mean, that's fortunate for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, the same situation, I would not expect somewhere else. So I feel fortunate even in, you know, even dealing with all these kind of immigrant um, uh, issues. I do find opportunities so that I feel fortunate for that.
1: So you mentioned briefly that some of the folks that you knew in graduate school went into industry. Um, Can you Mm -hmm. um, maybe try to put a a number on like how many of your graduating class went into academics versus industry versus um, uh, Mm -hmm. other places?
2: So I guess m- most of them went to the industry part. Um, I-, I also knew a couple of, two of them went, uh, they changed totally to a business-oriented business, a business uh, um, oriented companies. Like they're doing like um, business analyst kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm like, wow, <laughs> that, that's a really change of path. Um, uh, but there are... Um, two of them um, are working in pharma pharmacy companies so mm-hmm. that's uh, that's good and i have a friend who is working in Raleigh itself uh, in the rtp area she works for one of the, um uh, one of the statistics related in a statistics related team so they work most on the sas programming mm-hmm. um so yeah, I have a couple of them who are working in New York. Uh, and, um, yeah, I kind of side X uh, me and uh-
3: Hi, I recently saw a lecture or a talk given by someone. Um, she was an engineer and she had just started doing machine learning. And mm-hmm. with her project, she had found some an error uh, and she had brought it to someone who was much more well-versed in machine learning than her and um, uh, she basically had to fight and like explain like why uh, this error was right or wrong and I just wanted to know if you've ever been in a situation where like you were new to something and then you ex- you find something or discover something and you basically have to tell someone much more senior than you what you find and discover and like ever had to, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but just like fight for that. Have you ever experienced any, had any other similar experiences and how did you work through that?
2: So there's no, if we are dealing with something and we pop up with some errors and if the error is very, uh, you know, sometimes it might be us because the human errors are we we skip some errors and we think that that's our uh, uh, that's our problem that it's not working properly but when we uh, keep getting consistent errors we definitely take to uh, um, our advisor and i mean i didn't face anything to fight it's like Always, the team I worked with is like very cooperative. Even we, whenever we raise, I mean, whenever I found some error and uh, say them that this might the problem and it gave me this error, it's uh, teamwork. I mean, to dig into the error and what is that to find out. Because I mean, I was never involved in uh, <coughs> in uh, developing uh, uh, developing tool kind of stuff when you. That's where you find some errors and deal with it, and also. But I don't think I, I have ever faced that issue. And even though, if I, um, even though if I check um, and compare a couple of other, um, um, uh, other tools, even if we find errors. The person who develops that have so many GitHub have GitHub pages or something like that, where we can raise issues and also they they uh, explain us to you know explain uh, reply us back and all kind of stuff. But personally, with the PI, I, I never face those kind of stuff.
3: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, those are really good questions. I mean, I was never thinking, you know. <laughs> When I did my master's, I thought of those questions of what's the future holds for me.
0: Along those lines, what do you think is the greatest challenge facing bioinformatics?
2: I think understanding an algorithm. Mm -hmm. Because we were expected, you know, during this course of time, I was introduced to so many tools. And it's not like just run the tool and get it done we need to understand the algorithm and uh, of course most of the tools are based um, with only two or three algorithms but every time they develop a tool it depends upon how much runtime and what what are they using to increase the parallelization to run the tool those kind of stuff too. i mean we uh, even uh, in this cu- past couple of weeks i'm trying to you know uh, come up with a specific tool where Bradford is interested too. So, so we were like, uh, I was like, um, um, but um, I guess um, try uh, doing trials with almost five to six tools so far. So, still we were not unsure of what tool exactly we need for a step we want uh, in a pipeline. So, it's like, I think that's the hardest part, even though we, I mean, look, uh, we know how it works and all, but whether we need to um, rely on it and there might be other tools uh, which can do better, those kind of stuff, because uh, there are many open source tools out there. And even now it's evolving, like every each and every month they come up with different kind of tools uh, we need to learn. So that's why keeping up with the, um, you know, uh, keeping up with all the tools. I think this is the hardest part for me. But yeah. yeah but that's said done, you know, <laughs> it all depends upon the PA also, I guess. <laughs> and also the results when we under when we when we you know when we try to uh, I think summarize to the researchers, uh, keeping it in lame words is really important than, you know, using all complicated, bioinformatics uh, words. Is that's where we need to uh, brush up like, okay, we could not, we cannot say these kind of words. If this, if we say Smith-Waterman algorithm and they're like, what algorithm? We don't know that kind of, so we, we try to put everything in a lame words so that everyone can understand. And that's the, that's the other thing I found it interesting. How do you determine, like, what's the best way to present the what you found, like, to the
3: biologists? Does it depend on, like, the type of lab, or do you just, like, go with your gut?
2: Uh, I think um, to represent the results, most of the most of uh, them don't understand the numbers, so I guess the good way to um, show them is show graphical gra- uh, through graphs. So I think graphs makes more sense than just showing the tables with, you know, we have data uh, like two terabytes data or sometimes you get so many uh, so much output um, keeping up with the numbers. I think that doesn't make sense. Um, But sure, if we show in a graph like a histogram or, uh, um, or a bar plot, those kind of plots, you know, they understand better. And to
3: that point, like, how do you know which plot to use? Because I always, like, when I'm doing analyzing, it's like, oh, do I use a histogram or do I use, like, a different plot? Like, how do you know which one to use for um, whichever?
2: I think simple distribution, uh, if there is a simple distribution, if you want to uh, see a simple distribution data, I mean, histograms are are okay. And when you want to compare the G... I mean, how many genes are clustering kind of stuff. I and mean, those for those box plots are good, I guess. Uh, I don't have I don't know what we use, but more histogram and um, bar plots uh, and uh, point plots, I guess. And also heat maps are really important, but I, I need to get there. I mean, understanding a heat map is, <laughs> I think... It's complicated for me.
1: Yeah, I understand. What programs do you usually use to generate your graphs?
2: Um, the, I use R. There is this package called ggplot uh, okay. and gg, yeah, and ggbio. Yeah, I guess just yesterday I was introduced to this plot called circular, the circle plots. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, I'm expected to learn them. So I guess I need to yeah, dig deep into those kind of plots now. Where I, More? Uh, we use R. I guess uh, all, um, also has R introduction to R courses available. Uh, they have even um, recorded versions, I guess.
0: Thank you so much, Swantana. Yes, thank you.
2: Welcome. Uh, this is my actually this is my first time, so I'm like, okay, can I answer them or not? <laughs> because I usually you talk to group, I mean you group. So you um, know, not many bioinformatics specific questions. I mean, they always ask questions regarding the project and all. I'm like, okay, can I answer them? Because I'm also an immigrant, so. Uh, uh, you know, my husband was like, he's pointing out that would be a good chance to point out to the students. Even being an immigrant, you're you're getting opportunities. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like you know, don't get discouraged that you don't get any jobs, kind of stuff. Um, you know, we as um, yeah. Um, even though it, there's this pulling thing that you know, programming language, and you know, you can go and explore different options either than bioinformatics, but there are a lot of opportunities when we come to the uh, academics part too. Mm-hmm. So it's not only um, if, if 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 the industries are not open. It, I always advise people to go to the academics mm-hmm. because there are many universities where the labs need bioinformatics labs need bioinformaticians and. Uh, every time they can't, uh, you know, they don't, they don't, whenever the, the researchers do something and they have to uh, get analyze the data in some other lab and they should wait for the results. And the other labs, they might be getting so many projects and it might be a bit late. So at that point, the researchers might be interested to hire a bioinformatician. I mean, um, so that somehow I find it like, you know, it's an, diverse uh, there are multiple opportunities for you to explore kind of stuff.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all of your experience and uh, it seems like the people on this call are on a great path a great uh, career option if they do decide to pursue bioinformatics.
2: Sure good to talk to you all.